Okay, we're recording. All right. Okay, it's time to do a podcast. Let me play a little background music, get into the mood. Uh huh. Yeah, all right. Are my settings good? Yep. Got my list of topics. Secret guest hosts. Yeah, don't call it a comeback, baby. Okay, here we go. Turn down the LL Cool J. This is Finding Japan, Episode 1N. Don't call it a Kaerizaki. All right, folks, you are listening to Finding Japan. This is the first episode with me. Well, yeah, it is the first episode. There was the intro episode before the the co-episode with、uh, Chris, but this is the first episode with me as the main host. And I want to welcome you to the show. And what we got going on today is some topics about Japan, and most importantly, I have a guest co-host, my boy, the main man, D. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Hey, well, this is David. Sometimes they call him D. Shake the keys.、There、Shake the keys. <laughs> All right. So, how are things down in Australia land? Yeah, it's,、uh, it's a bit overcast and、uh, cool today. Oh, it's actually pretty warm, sorry. All right. Oh, but it's, it's、yeah, spitting and、uh, overcast. So, there you yeah, go. Cool. You guys going into springtime? Is it, is it officially springtime now? I believe so. We're coming into school holidays here, so yeah. <laughs> All right, cool.、Just、crazy time with kids. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got a you got a little mini me running around your house. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Find find something to keep them occupied. Okay. Well,、um, you know, maybe、uh, let the、uh, listeners know a little bit about who you are, what you're doing. Ugh.、Um... Yeah, I don't know. I think we kind of came back here from Japan.、Mm-hmm. Was it two years ago now? Yeah. So you're in you're in Adelaide right now. Yeah, so we're in Adelaide.、Uh, we moved back you know, two years ago,、mm-hmm. and yeah, just been working for kind of digital agencies, pretty much. Yeah,、um, you do web design stuff. Yeah. Web and yeah, anything kind of yeah, digitally. So yeah. PR agencies, advertising agencies.、Um, Cool. So, and then, and now, obviously,、uh, back to self company kind of thing.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、uh, me and、uh, D, we met each other years. Man, when was that? Two thousand six or something? Back when I was doing the Kobe Beef show. Back、uh, when you had long hair.、Yeah. Just back when I had long hair. <laughs> What are you talking about? Long wavy hair. Long wavy hair. Now I'm bald. No, I'm not bald. <laughs> so,、uh, just in case this all got mixed up, I am Terrence. I, I forgot to properly introduce myself. I think I am Terrence Young. The host of this show, taking over from Chris, and yeah, I used to do a show called the Kobe Beef Show, and、uh, David was a listener of the show, and he lived nearby, so he got, I think you were you wanted that. I think I had some question about something with a website or something technical, and you kind of like answered some question for me, and then we started just corresponding through like either chat or just through like email through the fact I had a podcast, and then we met up at that Mother Moon Cafe the first time. Yeah, yeah, and then just started hanging out from there. 
It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. That's right. Mother Moon is still there. Yeah. It was kind of. It was at the time we went. At the time we went there, it was kind of new, wasn't it? Yeah. It was yeah. yeah. It was funny now they've got a big, just a regular kind of plastic sign up that says cafe. Oh, do they? I I didn't. Oh, I, when was I? I was there not that long ago. So yeah, this is all in Kobe. Just to put this in context, I live in Tokyo now. David lives in Adelaide. So um, yeah, and um, so I was doing the Kobe Beef Show for a few years, and some of you, because me and Chris. Chris also listened to the Kobe Beef show, and that's how we became friends, and Chris visited Japan. And so it all kind of connects. So some of you are um, you finding old school Finding Japan listeners probably know about the Kobe Beef show. Uh, this won't be quite as, uh, I think I'm not going to make it quite as raunchy and silly and, and locker room frat tone as I did with the uh, Kobe Beef show. A little more seriousness, and we'll have fun, but, you know, maybe... Keep down the the dirtiness. Maybe keep back the uh, the cow, the mas- the mascot, T Bone Taro. I had this mascot, this cow, imaginary cow who speaks in kind of Yoda like Mr Miyagi Japanese English, English. Um, I don't know. Might have to keep him in his his pen. He gets a little bit, you know, wild and rowdy. Anyway, man, a little bit more about you. What are you up to the Exactly these days. What's your latest like work project or life thing? Uh, yeah, it's a bit uh, kind of started our own like kind of mini business, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. basically doing consulting and, and web and apps and things. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's it's good and bad. <laughs> it's good and bad. Yeah, I mean we don't have to get you I mean, know running running a business always is like that. So I mean, you, know, mm-hmm. you got to make sure the uh, the dollars keep flowing in keep flowing in yeah you're doing pretty good though and a bit, a bit more kind of administration work but uh, the plus side is you you get to work kind of you know yeah you yeah uh, which is good and i think you're making better coin than you were when you're working for somebody yeah oh i'd say that's probably better too yeah i think you're doing pretty good i get to play kendama more as well kendama <laughs> and just in case y'all don't know it's a traditional japanese wooden toy with a like a what would you say? It's like a kind of a weird cross-shaped stick with it's a ball, like a, it's a ball and, I think the states you call it a ball and stick or something. Okay, there we go, ball and stick. Anyways, and stick. Google search kendama and you can see what it looks like. Basically, you try to get the the ball has a hole on it and it's attached to the stick by a string, and you try to swing and get the ball. He's playing with it right now, and yeah. um, you try to swing and get the ball onto the stick. I don't know. It yeah. Well, you got it's yeah, cool. three three positions. Three positions. Mm-hmm. Technical positions you can catch it on, and the point. But I mean, in between there, you can actually catch it between the point and some of the cups as well. Mm-hmm. And you can catch it on the back, on the little the rim on the back of the the kendama as well. So there's all these places you can kind of catch it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely check it out. It's a it's a fun thing to do when you're kind of know, thinking, or I don't know, like, even just as a little sport. It's taken off quite a bit in the states, I think. Yeah, I think there is a little bit. <coughs> And, and in, <coughs> excuse me, in in, in Germany mm. and I think some of the European countries, it's, it's getting really popular. Yeah, the Japanophiles, people who are just kind of into J- Japanese stuff, and just also just into it's. Oh, I there's, say, there's a whole there's a whole Kendama USA team mm-hmm. as well. Oh, cool! They do some really awesome stuff. I like these activities that are that you could not classify them as sport. They're not. It's not a sport, but it still has a physical like. 
I don't want to say athleticism, but like you have to, a prowess, skill, that's physical skills that you have to develop. It's kind of interesting. I wonder what we can call those. It's not a sport. It's like a hobby sport or like a leisure sport. Export. <laughs> An export. Like uh, extreme ironing. Have you heard of extreme ironing? No. Basically, <laughs> this is crazy. People take oh, is, a, isn't there a t-shirt folding? There's like a yeah. yeah, yeah. This is a, this is an export in which someone takes an iron and an ironing board and some clothes and they climb up a mountain and they iron on the mountain or they they dive into the water and they iron underwater. It's just weird. I mean, I think it's kind of faded now, but there was a moment when this was kind of a thing, like very knit and you know niche, but kind yeah, of a everyone's thing. Everyone's staining these days, anyway. Yeah, or just or going for the wrinkled chic look. That's what I do. I just yeah, your clothes are wrinkled. Nah, I just look good. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd put kendama in that. I mean, it's a traditional Japanese thing, but in mm-hmm. terms of foreign kind of, I guess, uh, perspective, yeah. it's a bit more like something like headers or, or those kind of. Headers, which is that, that ball where you, you headbutted a ball into a bucket. Like okay. you carried a bucket around with yeah. you and headbutted a ball into a bucket. Yeah. And so you bounce it off different things and okay. do tricks. I would even think it's of it. It's kind of in that category. It's kind yeah. of like a little a sub kind of genre. Really. Yeah, kind of activity. Game. Activities. Not quite game, but kind of gameish, kind of little physical activity. I'd say something like hacky sack is a little bit, you know, like in that category. Yeah. But Frisbee, as long as it doesn't get too physical, Frisbee's kind of that way. You know, it's you got to have some skill. It's a little bit taxing. It's a little sporty, but it's not like, you know, I mean, all you do is move your wrist and try to get the ball onto those, you know, one of those three spots. It's you know, Although people who are really good at it, yo-yo, yo-yoing maybe is a good um, mm. comparison. You know, yo-yoing in Kendama, it's that kind of activity. No one thinks yo-yo is an awesome yo-yo is a world-class athlete, but you appreciate the fact that they're really good at yo-yo. It's pretty mm. amazing, right? So, it's one of those things. Anyway. You work your, I mean, it's coordination and you work your, your arms and your legs. Mm-hmm. Quite, ah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, greatest, 100 greatest athletes of all time list. I don't think the Kendama dude is getting on there. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) At number one, Muhammad Ali. At 56, Joe Smith, Kendama artist for Team USA. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) Sorry. Although it's amazing. It's really cool. And I'm not ragging on it. I'm just, yeah, it's just the difference. It's just interesting. Anyway. You can't really watch from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> and you might, it's not on ESPN, American uh, cable sports. I don't know if you guys get any kind of thing like ESPN in Australia, but. What was uh, it in the States? Said, oh, sorry, in Japan, they had a, a, an X Games mm-hmm. uh, new, new sports slash preview session or something. And there was a couple of Japanese guys that did a Kendama performance. Oh, cool. And, and they did it without the string. So it was just the ball and. and, and oh, wow. That is cool because um, then you can toss the ball up really high and stuff, right? You can yeah. do more. Wow, they, that's they cool. They use both, and they're kind of they have this box in the middle that they're grabbing different can numbers out of and swapping between. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was. It didn't have as much impact because, like, the video was shot from a bit further back in the crowd, and it's just mm-hmm. like you know, it's kind of hard to see what they're doing. So, well, they probably need to like. I mean, did they have dance elements? You know what I mean? Like, kind of move. Like, yeah, yeah, they had yeah. music and like, oh, moving cool. around the stage and stuff, and. and Swapping Ken numbers and okay. stuff. Okay, so I can see that working out. And, yeah, you know. maybe they just need a little bit of choreography or something. Maybe or maybe the cinematography wasn't that good or something. Maybe they had a girl in the middle doing something too. I wasn't sure what she was doing. Oh, okay, that it's yeah. okay. <laughs> I like that phrase. Just sounded for a moment wrong, but that's just me. <laughs> girl in the middle. And she was doing something. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you can see where my mind is. Yeah, maybe this whole, like, it's not going to be dirty like the Kobe Beef show whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my buddy, my <laughs> buddy. Yeah, my buddy Chris is going to get all sorts of emails. Ever since that <laughs> that dirty Blasian took over the show, all, they talk, all he talks about is girls in the middle. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's Blasian, is it? Why well, I can't believe uh, Jaffrican? Jefferson Blasian. Blasian. <laughs> I still like so, I, I still like my I'm Pan Pacific so, Brown. So what's our son Wajian or something, is he? Which what, what? Who? Is our son Wajian then? White Asian. Right. White Asian? <laughs> oh our Asian? son, our son. Okay, I just I was like sometimes your Australian accent, man, throws me for a loop. I was like, Asan, Asan, I just was thrown off. Um Yeah, what would he be? Wajian? <laughs> Yeah. Some of some of the Japanese and Australians still say half and stuff. So yeah, yeah, half cast is like actually not a not a good term there. It's yeah, to describe ab- Aboriginal uh, like half. Is, is that the the what what do they call that? The stolen generation, the ones that who yeah, were like so, forced into forced adoption and all that in the sixties or what? Through the yeah, until the sixties, most of them were most of them were half cast. Yeah. What they called half cast, which are half yeah. Aboriginal, half, half white. Yeah. So yeah. People say you can say half, but if you say half cast, then people kind of look at you with, yeah. a, with a smile or something. So, but even, yeah. but I mean, even in English, like even half, like you no, know, you don't run around saying I'm half because in English, or at least I think in a sensible culture, when you talk about ethnicity or you talk about someone's background, whatever, it doesn't have to be race or ethnicity, but someone's background or what's identity, it's like I, I'm half, half of what. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that works in Japan is because there's only Japanese and there's everything else. And so when you say to a Japanese person, I'm half, ah, you're Japanese and something else. And they don't have any conceptualization. It's like, it's the same thing whenever Japanese people ask me about, you know, they want to know something. They want to know something about outside of Japan. And they go like, they go mm. like, what, what, do you, what do you think in Gaikoku? In Gaikoku, what do people do? And Gaikoku means like other countries. It means, it literally means outside countries. I'm like, you know that there are like about around 200 countries with like multiple mm-hmm. cultures and, and languages and, and different classes and different, you know, regions and geographies. And it's like, why don't you ask me a specific question? Like, what do you think as an American or you're from Seattle? Well, what do people in Seattle do at this time? Like, they have no idea of asking specific questions with those things. Everything is just like Japan and outside of Japan. And I got into mm. a big fight with the Japanese girl about this. I was just like, you none of, you say you want to know about people outside of Japan and you have not asked me a single personalized question. It's all been like, and in foreign land, what do you do? And in foreign land, what do you think? It's like, what, what do you think I am? Some ambassador from another planet? It's just like, this like lack of like, and I think that's the same mentality behind phrases like the word half and just dropping it there. And also I think it's a problem with katakana. It's like for an English speaker, half has a very distinct meaning. It means, you know, one half of something, not whole. Mm. And so, you know, we half a pie, half a, you know, half a cup of water. Like we we conceptualize this as a real word, but the Japanese only just just hear this hafu, and they don't they don't really know what the word half means. They only know what it means within their you know the concept that they've given it, which means that you're Japanese, you're of Japanese and mixed you know, ethnicity. So mm. anyway, that's my slightly ranty take on. Um, yeah. We got there from Ken like Yeah. <laughs> Although the Ken thing was really cool because we had not been planning on talking. We had not planned about talking about Ken Dama and I thought that was a really cool topic. Hmm. Oh uh, yeah. People should definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. YouTube and- yeah. So how did we get from Ken to, 
Oh, because oh, because I called myself a Blasian because I was jokingly making I was jokingly imagining um, people writing into the show and complaining about the yeah the crazy Blasian who's taking over the show and that's how we got there. Yeah, I think it was before that. But anyway, <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. I yeah. think I was anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're confused. All right, um, there was something. What I want to talk about. This is great, right? This is great entertainment. What did I want to talk about on the show? I thought we had planned these things. Uh, trying to just make it natural. I was thinking about we could go into the news, but I don't really have anything in the news that's that interesting unless you have anything in the news that's interesting. Um, I could talk a little bit about, because I work at the Apple Store, disclosure, um, I'll talk a little bit about the iPhone 5 launch in Japan. I'm not going to talk, folks, I'm not going to dish laundry about the inner workings of working at the Apple Store. That's just not where I'm going with this. Yeah. Yeah, Not talking about my work. I'll talk about my work, my translation work, or other things. But anyway, just just to give did, a little did, background, did they give out free food or anything, or, or to for or to the customers or to yeah, out of curiosity, we didn't do food. I think there was water for customers. Okay, yeah, it was here. There was nothing. It was just I didn't go, but a couple of guys sent photos of they were lining up for it, and mm. it wasn't really big in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, I think there was <laughs> water. We had an Apple Store, but. Uh, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and they just gave out the cards or something to you know reserve your, <coughs> your hand it over at the counter or something. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, folks. If I if I cough a lot, I just have a little bug in my throat. So anyway, yeah. So they just handed out the cards. Yeah, they just handed out the cards and and you kind of took them in and uh, like you mm-hmm. know to res- you know you got a card for you know I want a white iPhone and whatever and then yeah. they give you a card for it and as you're waiting in line, apparently. So. I mean, I think basically in Japan, the big things with the uh, the new iPhone 5S and 5C were, um, uh, one is that in Japan, there's three carriers, three three major. There's another there's a, another standard called Wilcom that works on a different technology. It's kind of strange. But there's three main cell phone, cellular carriers in Japan, and that's SoftBank, Docomo, and AU. And SoftBank was the first carrier, and for a long time, the exclusive carrier for the iPhone. Back when I got the iPhone, when I first got my iPhone 3G, um, mm. it was SoftBank, and then um, and that was like in 2008 when this, when the iPhone came to Japan, I think so, 2008 or 2009, like a year after it was out in the states. Yeah, because it never no, it wasn't. Oh, was it maybe eight? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it was like 2008 or something, 2008, 2009. Mm. So that was SoftBank, and then until two years ago, SoftBank was the only carrier. And then about a couple of years ago, AU came in with with uh, the iPhone, and then on this launch, this time, Docomo finally. And Docomo is actually the traditionally the biggest carrier in Japan. Although growth in the carrier market has been kind of focused on SoftBank and AU. Mm. Um, SoftBank is the one that used to be called Vodafone because they were it was for a while they were owned by the British you know company Vodafone. And then the guy that basically I think he I think he is the richest guy in Japan, Son Masayoshi. He had his company called SoftBank, and they bought. He has his company called SoftBank, and they bought out Vodafone. And it's interesting. Son Masayoshi, you guys might recognize. Some people might recognize because he's his company, SoftBank, recently bought out, uh, bought Sprint. I think it's Sprint, is which is the U.S. one of the U.S. carriers. So right. yeah, they're making. They're trying. He's trying to make a play to become like an international cellular cell phone company. Um, anyway, so the iPhone 5s, 5c. Now you can get it on all three major carriers in Japan. And yeah, I mean, you know, those lines, I think we had at the Apple store, we had the Shibuya, we had 500 people. The line was like about 500 or something. 
in the mo- on that morning, the morning of Friday. Uh, nice. Yeah, 21st, 20th, 21st, whenever that day was, the launch day. And um, that was pretty crazy. And what else? It's just like the gold out of the colors of the iPhone. Man, people love themselves the gold iPhone. Um, but I think it's interesting because I think at first when I heard about the news of a gold iPhone, I think like a lot of people, I was like, oh, man. It's going to look like gold, the gold color of Mr. T's necklaces or something. You know, it's just going to be bad. But hang around your neck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be funny, right? If people put a strap on and hang around their neck like Apple iPhone bling bling. I bling. Like a chain. They need a gold chain. Oh, man. Someone's going to make a gold chain. Oh, to attach no. It to. The eye chain for your iPhone. <laughs> the Mr. T eye chain. Mr. T. I saw a dude on the train. I, I Facebooked this. I saw a dude on the train. Wearing like a funky kind of suit. I'm trying to, my, mem- my memory's a little bit. A weirdly patterned suit, kind of almost like a um, one of those guys from the uh, 50, uh, 60, like a swing uh, swing jazz, like a jazz, like a, mm. uh, like a gigolo or a swing guy from the 50s or something. He had a funky suit outfit on. And I think his, like, and some, and some funky hair. Like kind of a little bit pompadour, kind of hair going up, kind of thing. Of and then like, seriously, serious gold chain, like really? around his neck. Like this thing was like, I was later googling Mr. T, and while wow, my Mr. T was even crazier, it was like Mr. T Junior, Mr. T Light. Like this chain was like a good like, like thick as a rope. And I don't, mm. and I mean the rope they used to use, you know, like you would use to. Tie someone up if you kidnap them. Wow, that's a weird analogy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it did a lot. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, I used to do a bit of, I used to do a bit of bondage kidnapping. You know, yeah. <laughs> Insert <laughs> warning. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, I didn't kill anybody, so the uh, the um, time limit is over. <laughs> yeah, I'm free. This is getting, this is getting dark. <laughs> it's getting dark and scary. Anyways, so yeah, the dude had crazy gold chain on. It was just crazy, and so like. With this whole iPhone, I thought like the iPhone would be like this garish gold color, but it's pretty cool. I'm still debating. Very subtle. Yeah, it's pretty subtle. I'm still debating whether I'm going to get the gold iPhone. I think I'm going to go with space gray. I think in the long run, I'm going to prefer the space gray iPhone. I don't know. Which one would you go with if you were going to go with one of the new ones? I've got the white one, so I like the white with the gray. It's good. Yeah, you like you like white. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, I go with the gold. Yeah, yeah. white, white is right. Yeah, you like white. Yeah. No, just the problem with the black ones is you get the the paint. Um, yeah, but the new ones are not black. They're not slate. It's space gray. It's lighter. No, yeah, but the the bumper, like the the metal bumper around it, is is no. painted or is it powder coated or no, no? But it's but it's. I don't think it's going to damage as badly as the slate. If yeah. they kept the slate, I would not get the slate. But since they went to space gray. Which I know, saying space gray just sounds like it's so like it's so apple slickness. It's gray, you know what I mean. I just but figured I, I figured I got a five. I haven't even really bothered looking. Yeah, at yeah, it yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I know you have a five, so I wouldn't suggest you get a five S. But <coughs> oh, yeah. I don't. Is that is that metal though? Is that metal powder coated or is it that? No, just... I think it's that anodized where they yeah. where they fuse the color into the metal. You know, that, that which is might what, be better because yeah. the black ones were like they. So often you just like had like the paint just was taken off all the way around the edge. Well, it's not. Yeah, it's not really paint. It's anodizing, which is like a 
I don't really know the technical aspects of it, but what I understand of it is I think that it's something to do with heat when they make the metal, then they put the color in at that point. Mm. It's really hard. The thing about aluminum is that it's hard to it's hard to color aluminum, and I don't mean paint. You can put throw paint on aluminum, but I mean it's hard to fuse in the colors. And so that's why like this that's why I think that they didn't really want to make a slate iPhone what their original goal was was to make a black iphone out of aluminum but it's hard to make aluminum black like Mm. truly black aluminum is just like almost impossible so it came out slate but the problem is is because it's only anodized on the top layer the minute you get nicks in it the 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 under layer which is the aluminum color shows up Mm. against the darker slate color and that's why you get all those nicks and scratches and just that you know that worn that worn down look like something out of some kind of sci-fi movie you know like an old spaceship from a sci-fi movie it's like all you know, gun, mm-hmm. gun worn, battle worn, or whatever. So now they went with space gray. So it's lighter. The anodization, the outside coloring is lighter. So even if it does get nicks, it's not going to contrast as much. Yeah. So I think it's going to look, it's going to wear better. It's going to look, it's going to get old better, which is a weird way of saying it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's going to work out. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. So anything else going on, man? Anything else you want to talk about as far as this topic right now? or Phones. Oh, I'm done with phones. No, are you done with phones? <laughs> well, why don't we... Uh... I might get a Nexus 7, that's about it. You might get a Nexus 7. What's up with that? Why do you want to get a Nexus 7? I don't know. I just might get a Nexus. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, let's move into a little bit of a, a different corner and introduce somebody. I've been trying to keep under wraps, but he can't be stopped. He is the man himself. It's Nihongo time! I, great Carl Tibontaro! Maybe you know me from Kobe Show. I come back! Yeah, yeah! That's Japanese! <laughs> Alright, that was done with music that David can't hear. All of you should have been able to hear the music. Anyways, today's Nihongo time word is... I thought because I've been talking about... Making a comeback. I played a little bit of the L. Cool J. Mama said knock you out song in the beginning. And I wanted to introduce the Japanese word for comeback, which is kaerizaki or kaerizaku, which kaerizaku would mean to come back. Kaeri, so it'd be the verb. And kaerizaki would be a comeback. So it'd be the noun. So in Japanese, kaeri means to return. And the zaki or zaku part is actually saku or saki, which means to. By the way, sake does not mean an alcoholic beverage. That's sake. Uh, it's sake or saku, which means to bloom. So in, in other words, literally, return bloom is the Japanese phrase for comeback, which I just think is very poetic. And, you know, Japanese people love the sakura, the cherry blossoms. And, and there's a lot of, for example, uh, if you're an entertainer or if you're um, ah, a good example is like when boxers come into the ring. That or sumo wrestlers come into the ring, that, that path that they take is called the hanamichi. It's called the flower road. Because in Japanese culture, like anything that's like great or fantastic or shows like, you know, like it kind of celebrates you and your accomplishments is often related to hana. So if somebody is like really like, if there's a person who's really vibrant and capturing all the attention in the room, you know, you, you might say like, that person is like hanabanashi or like very everything's very flowery and celebratory or um or that person hanagaru that person has like a 
like it's like a flower, they're blooming. So I think in that sense, like for Japanese culture, flowers and blooming is very important. Like the cherry blossoms bloom in April, May, when like kids go to school and when people find new jobs and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so the Japanese word for comeback, kaerizaku, kaerizaki. What do you think? Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't have to be quiet the whole time. You know, you can't interject certain things. Don't worry, there's no more music playing, so you're okay. <laughs> I thought you might be dancing. Have you heard of? How do you have you heard of that phrase? Had you heard about that phrase before? Uh, no, I don't think I have actually. Yeah, Kairi Zaku. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know, maybe in passing, but not. Yeah. Uh, D, by the way, speaks Japanese quite well. The only danger with the only danger with your Japanese is the word pachinko. <laughs> <laughs> pachinko. 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 No. Too much. Too much emphasis. Uh, Yeah. So the joke is, there's a Japanese game called Pachinko, which I don't know if people know about. It's like, imagine slots, but with balls that fly around on the inside of a glass case, kind of like a pinball machine, but standing straight up and kind of more like a slot machine in that sense. And it's called Pachinko. And the thing is, the Japanese word for, the Japanese slang for your pee-pee, your wang, is also, is Chinko. So, I don't know why pachinko... I don't think pachinko and chinko have any relationship, but somehow the words are kind of similar. So, depending on your intonation, it ends up sounding like pachinko, which be almost like, it's almost like saying pawang. <laughs> you know, pawang or pakak or something. <laughs> when the pronunciation is probably more on the lines of pachinko. I know that's very subtle and people are like, well, it all sounds the same. But in Japanese, like these little subtle intonation differences are kind of a big deal. Mm. Um. Yeah. Pachinko. So. Yeah. There you go again. Pachinko. <laughs> yeah. Pachinko. I'll, I'll just keep saying that. Yeah, I know. I know. Just keep saying it. Pachinko. Pachinko. I just. Pachinko. I'll bring it in. Uh, yeah. No, cool. All right. Any oh, words you want to introduce say. or anything? Oh, it was just taco butter, which is amazing. Oh yeah. 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 Well, go ahead. It's something, something we use around our house when uh, someone's eating too much. Mm-hmm. You have to explain or, what that means. <laughs> or eating eating too many like kind of bad things, sweets, yeah. okay. Anyway, it's like, yeah. do you want to do you want to be a taco Buddha? Yeah. Anyways, taco is octopus in Japanese, and butcher um, is pig. Yeah, and so like, are you you know like an octopus pig, or are you just you know a pigged out octopus, or it's just a kind yeah, of I, cute. I don't know, like, and maybe I guess just just the image of that seems like mm-hmm. you know. An octopus is kind of round and big, and then yeah. the pig is also you know quite fat and yeah. greedy. So it's and like yeah. a you, you just have that image of something big and fat and greedy. Yeah, no, it works. I think it's pretty cute. But uh, yeah, our, our son says like he's like you know if I'm eating too you know eating a lot of you know cake or something he's like you know you're like dad you're going to be a taco with them. I'm like oh <laughs> no okay <laughs> so, nice. So any any time we want to have a go at each other for eating too many sweet things or too much. Mm. It's like we bring out the old takobuta. The old takobuta. Yeah. All right. Okay, sweet. Well, that was Nihongo time. That was Nihongo time. You now speak Japanese. Kaerizaki. Yeah, yeah. Takobuta kaerizaki. Takobuta. Takobuta time. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye, T-Bone. Oh, oh, ooh. Malfunction with the music. Okay. Yeah, so that's old T-Bone Taro. Um, the thing about it, it's funny, is that 
doing a T-Bone title voice and introduct a Nihongo time intro without using bad words is kind of hard because <laughs> T-Bone title mm. on Kobe show would always tie in the Japanese with something nasty or back in the Kobe show sometimes the Japanese was kind of dirty I might do a few dirty words here and there sometimes because people like slang and dirty words as long as they're not too you know <laughs> keep, keep them at least M-rated yeah yeah I mean just fun stuff I mean Jap- Japanese doesn't really I mean some of the things are not are just more they're not there's no equivalent to the F word but some of the things are just bad because they're kind of misogynistic or no, slightly racist or just weird mm. but that's about it yep anyway I think everything is recording fine we're doing okay yeah cool my little in, my little inline production uh, production skills I'm not completely faded maybe a little bit <laughs> anyway I think it's raining here now so alright if you hear little trips in the uh, in the audio there somewhere yeah, I don't know. I wonder if that will pick up. I don't hear it, but... Uh, maybe. Yeah. See how we go. If it starts pouring, it probably will. But, uh... Yeah. All right. So, so, man, you want to get into it? Maybe we can just get into the... We had a little top five lined up. We can get into that and maybe talk about those and give our top five. What we're going to do is we're going to have... A t- we're going to talk about top five differences between Japan and Aussieland, Australia. Or just things that... We- that you miss or just things that you know differences or things that just pop up for you yeah so. well we were, we were back there was it two months ago mm-hmm. it was july we got back here august so it was yeah we were, we were there until last month oh, yeah mm. there you go it hasn't actually been that long so yeah which gives you i guess a, a bit more to kind of like having been back last month you know, there's a few more things to kind of yeah all right. So, what's your number five on the list of things that you either miss or differences or something that sticks out to you? Oh, and I just added this one actually. Uh, it right. was I actually miss on Japanese roads all the instructions. <laughs> all the instructions. Like, I know. I know. I know. Some people say they hate it. They're like, yeah. there's, too, there's too many lines and too many signs. Yeah. Too many lines. Too many signs. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually like that because coming back to Adelaide, mm-hmm. all the lines on the road are faded. Yeah, and and like just arrows and things like for turning arrows, like some of them don't fire between you know seven and five, and and so mm. some turning lanes you can't actually use them like mm. between seven a.m. and five, like or seven and eight or mm. whatever it is, like in the morning. Mm-hmm. Lines are faded, and and people who go kind of know where they're going, mm-hmm. and if they go there all the time, they know. But if you don't know, then you're like, oh, hang on, do I turn or yeah. go here? And then if you if you do something wrong, someone's like, eh. Yeah, not someone, the popo. We don't call that someone. <laughs> oh, that, that'll do it too, but yeah. Oh, oh you mean like, like as in hit the, as a honk the horn like at you, like, hey, you're breaking yeah, the rules. Or... I haven't been used to is bus lanes. So there's there's designated mm-hmm. bus lanes. Yeah. And if you get in a bus lane for more than 15 meters, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of undercover police cars that drive around the city. Mm. And uh, it's just what they do in the morning. They just go, woo! And, like, and so... If someone jumps in the bus lane, as soon as they see them and maybe drive for like a minute, mm-hmm. and they pull them over. Straight oh away. man! Okay, so you can get into a bus lane like if you just kind of need to like I if, don't know, if you're turning turning, turning left or, or right, if there's a bus lane, yeah. it's okay. But if you're getting in the bus lane and going straight, they yeah, they'll ping you. Okay. Yeah. So I, I missed all the instructions on the road. Yeah, the thing about the instructions that's actually interesting because 
you're giving it in like a good context where like Japanese road signs and the lines are clear and you understand what you have to do on the road. But the bad part of this is that Japan is also over instructed. Like it's just like, oh, like it's like, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, or just things like announcements, everything gets an elevator speak to you. It's like, man, we've had the elevator for now like a good 80, how long, I don't know how long the elevator's been around, but like a good 100 years. We know how to use an elevator. The elevator does not have to talk. Like, it's just like, I mean, the only reason the elevator would have to talk is maybe like for people who are like uh, seeing impaired. And I understand that, but it doesn't even seem like that. It just seems like the elevator is just going to talk to you, talk to you like crazy. I, I actually like it saying the, if it, if it says the, the floor. I actually yeah, like that. that's fair because that's for like people who are blind. Like, you no, know, even over here, like some of the elevators don't like the lights on the things mm-hmm. don't work or you have to look yeah. up and you can't see it. And you're like, yeah. you're like, I don't know what floor it's on. So. Yeah. I'm cool with that, but you know these Japanese machines. It's not the it's not the floor. It's like welcome to the elevator. The elevator will now start a, uh, elevating. I mean, it doesn't really get that far, but some elevator. I mean, it's like all the time. Would you like a massage while we're going? Oh. <laughs> what are, what else are examples of things in Japan like just too much instruction or too much? Um, I don't know why I'm not coming up with good examples, but it's like. <laughs> Oh, come on. Yeah, it's got to be something you, you remember, too. You know what I mean, though, right? Oh, it's like too, too much. Yeah, there's just too much signage or too much explaining. or Oh, here you go. It's not really... Yeah, one of the things is like the guys on the road, like when there's construction on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and, that, that one does it for me. And then there's... A, yeah, there's the uh, the people who wave you through and stuff like that. For one thing, I, I know it's, it's Japanese welfare because these guys are usually above 60. They're like once retired people who don't really have any other work and still need income. So they have like five of them on this, you know, on this construction site on the road and you got to detour around. And hey, at least they're waving. <laughs> and they're trying to wave you through. But then either one of them doesn't have, some of them don't have, all have walkie talkies. So they got to like, they're looking over at the other guy who has the walkie talkie to know if like the other side's clear so that you can get, be waved through. And it's like, I can see down this road. Just let me go. And if it's, you know, I'll speed through and hopefully I'll get to the other end before something comes around. Or you know, I was, was going to say, actually, I don't mind that because mm-hmm. over here, the when I've when it's happened to me over here, mm-hmm. the guy the guy's just been standing there smoking a cigarette, and and I and, I'm, and I stop and I'm like, can I go through? And I slow down a little <coughs> bit, and and they get upset and they're like, go go go! And yeah, like, Whoa, okay. So, yeah, I don't know, man. That just sounds like that's true. Yeah, but it's annoying, and it's all like hyperkinetic. It's like it's all like, and this is very another thing in Japan. It's like they're telling you to stop. And yes, I'm slowing down, and you can see them like they get all like. You know, stop, stop. Like, I'm stopping. And then it's like, what do you want? Like, I got it. Chill out. Like, I can see that, you you know, like, it's just too much. Like, it's uh, just drives me crazy. I remember one time I was going to this beer festival and um, we fit at this at the Kyocera Dome in Osaka's baseball stadium, baseball dome. And um, we finish up the festival and we're trying to exit. And then one of these security guys is like giving me the X mark, the batsu, with a crossing Mm. his forearms to say x no you can't go out this way and so i'm speaking to him in japanese i'm like i okay i can't go out that way where is the exit you can't go out this way dummy 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 i'm like where is the exit and he just keeps batsu me in the face you know with this x thing and it's like it's just like over this happens a lot overzealousness about things we're just like just chill out we're all adults i got it maybe it's a thing where living in japan i'd be upset about it but Mm. leaving japan maybe it's a stockholm syndrome kind of thing yeah I miss being told what to do. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's just a lot of instruction, a lot of noise pollution too. It's like you're at the train station. It's six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. You and a 
thousand salaryman drones are trying to go to work and then the bull someone's on the bullhorn it's like look i don't want to hear what you got to say on the bullhorn man it's seven o'clock in the morning Mm. You know, it's like stop, make it stop. <laughs> Every store when the when the sliding doors open, like the music blares out, it's just like oh, sometimes it's too much. So it's just that kind of overload with like, I mean, it's a little different from instructions and stuff. But it's like sometimes mm. it's over sensory overload in this country. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that was your number five on kind of top differences. My different. Let's see. I was gonna talk about like I don't, I've only been to Australia once. So instead of, it won't really relate, so, some of these won't relate so much to Japan. These are just things that I find about Australia kind of interesting. And one of the things I always find interesting about Australia is, or like other English-speaking countries, is the English. So the thing about Australian English is everything ends in IE, which I just, you know, the number one example being Aussie. It ends in IE. But also things like breakfast, brekkie, and, and footy for football. And besties for your best friend. And I just Bestie, yeah. I just love it, man. Everything ends in IE. And it just sounds so ridiculous, but it's an Australian thing. And I just love how, like, grown man, six-foot-tall grown man with a beard would be like, you know, oh, I had cereal for brekkie. Because like, in America, like, adding some IE to something, like, we don't do it that much, one. But two, we something we do for kids, you know, it's like. Yeah, it's like Watch here's, out for here's your little baggie, you know. <laughs> like, like it's like we would add uh, I E or Y to things, like to kind of kid talk. So it's just kind of funny to me how everything watch ends in I E. Watch out for Watch out for Brecky. There you go. Watch out for Brecky. I had Wheat Bix. <laughs> wheat Bix. Bobby. Yeah. Bobby. Like, what What other What other good good I E's I E words? Uh, bestie, Brecky, Bobby, Footy. Come on. Oh, come on, come oh, on. The, other one, the other ones would be the O's, like Arvo. Oh, yeah. Arvo, man. I got a text. Let's meet in Arvo. I'm like, what the F is an Arvo? It's afternoon. It was Arvo, Smoker. But the thing about it is that, the thing about the afternoon, Arvo, is that it's it's ridiculous if you don't know it. And it, it bothered me for a little bit. But actually, I like it because the word afternoon is freaking long. <laughs> yeah. So I, if it's Australians, I will I will use it now. I'll be like, I'll see you in Arvo, man. I'll write it down. I use it. It's kind of... It's a lazy yeah. thing. Yeah. No, no, it's good. It's just that it's good because it's an abbreviation of afternoon. The problem with it is that how about like meet you in the afti or something, you know? How's it, why is it not afti? Why is it Arvo? Like, what the F is an Arvo if you don't know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> is this some some kind of hovering military vehicle? <laughs> We've been yeah, attacked yeah. in an Arvo. The Arvo unit is coming. <laughs> like it just sounds weird. Yeah. All right. Okay. What's your number four? Uh, number four. Uh, I, was, oh, I should I do a reverse one or not? I don't know. Man. Do, do whatever one you want, man. Come on, man. Okay. Keep it live. Let's go. A lot of them are food related. I'm That's sorry. cool. Well, do, do, yeah, cool. Let's go. So, something I miss in Australia. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. uh, no, let, let's 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 let, let's skip Asian food at the moment. But okay. something I miss in Australia is luxes. But the first thing we did as soon as we got back from Japan mm-hmm. was we went to, went to the bakery, got mm-hmm. pies, sausage rolls, and pasties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a reverse missing thing. Ah, okay. So you got yeah, you just yeah the yeah pasties, the, past, the pastries with like yeah. the. Like, 
like meat filling and like pies with meat filling, obviously. When you, say past, when you say pasties, man, all I can think of is the pasties, the things that that strippers put on their nipples. <laughs> of course. The little tassels. Dude, it's going to have an M rating pretty soon. <laughs> What's up? Hey, I have not said a single inappropriate word yet. All I've talked about is the girl in the middle and pasties and pasties and tassels on nipples. This is all yeah. A-OK. This is Finding Japan. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah, you can hear me struggling. Like, I want to say, like, finding Japan, bitches. I can say bitches. I think it's okay. <laughs> I, I don't think it's, it's... This has never been G-rated to that degree. No, it's like M16. Yeah, <laughs> like the ratings... Uh, the rating commission has to keep, like, reevaluating. Yeah. All right, cool. So, you like, you came back... To, you got back to Australia, and you were like, you know, you were like, meat pies. Awesome. Yeah, first thing we did was went to the bakery, got, like, three or four different ones, came home and just... I, like I, went, I went to a cool um i was in um when i went back the last time i went back because i live in tokyo now and the last time i went back to kansai to back to kobe i stopped off and stayed a night in uh, shiga at my friend's place in shiga uh, near kyoto and um there's a japanese dude who runs a, like an australian meat pies restaurant and yeah. We, yeah we went out there it's cool it's like in this old funny like it's so so not a restaurant thing but all right <laughs> Well, I mean, the place, it's also not real. I mean, it's restaurants putting it a little bit. It's just like a... It's yeah, like, can we go pet hates for a second? What's up? Hey, pet hates. Yeah. Taking a food from a country and turning it into a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, it's a... Restaurant is putting it a little bit strong. Like, where, where, where would you get pasties in Australia? Like, how's that work? It would just down... Like, you'd go to the, the, the service station, petrol station, mm-hmm. convenience store, and, like, have them. In, like, a, you know, a bay... Not, not a bay, really, like okay. a heated... <clears throat> but are they never on a restaurant menu? No, 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 no. It's it's a it's just, I don't know, like getting a, a Nikuman or something. I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, there's no there's there's well, usually Nikuman would be on a menu in Japan if you're at the Chinese. Well, a Chinese restaurant, but there's no Nikuman restaurant, right? Like, I mean, yeah. if there is a Nikuman, well, there they well the thing the only thing is no, there kind of are, but this is only because in Asia there's a tradition of one one thing restaurants. So, for example, ramen shops, right? Yeah, there's gyoza and fried rice, but basically a ramen shop is just a noodle shop. Or, like, in Japan, like, you know, like, even in, in, in Kobe, in the Chinatown, there is a famous, like, meat dumplings. It's not Nikuman. They're a little bit different from Nikuman. But the meat dumplings um, um, restaurant called Roshoki in uh, in uh, Chinatown in Kobe. And sure there's a table area there's a it's there is an inside with table so technically it's a restaurant but basically most people line up and, and just take it to go. But it's all they sell is all they make is that one nikuman. That's it. That one meat meat dumpling. Like mm. these one thing restaurants are a big thing in in like Asia and Japan. Restaurant that only does gyoza. So it's like, I think in that sense, like, that's the way the meat pie place was. It's not a restaurant in the sense, like, there's a whole, like, there's no, like, appetizers and dessert. And, you know, I mean, you can get drinks and you can get a variety of meat pies and you can take them home with you. And that's, I think that's how they do with most of them. Is they're actually omochikaidi, like, take home or delivery. But mm. it's just that they have a, it's in a cabin-like building and they have a place where you can sit down and just enjoy some meat pies. I don't think it's, like... Yeah, I, mean, right. I know what you mean by like the Japanese restaurant, restaurant, restaurantify everything, but I don't think it's like it's only if, it's not in the sense of a restaurant, oh, like no, in the Western it's, it's, sense. It's a reverse thing too. Like I mean, yeah. over here. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, trying to think of a good example or a bad mm-hmm. example. Like, oh, just you know, some maybe some you know like Japanese food that you know shouldn't be in a 
Well, the ramen shop. The, the problem is over here, the reverse is fine because a sushi shop, sushi or ramen's ramen. Yeah. But then you have some weird mixes of like, I don't know, like uh, mixing. Well, like a... Oh, here you go, like mixing sushi mm-hmm. with uh, Vietnamese rolls. So there's a shop that does sushi and Vietnamese rolls. Yeah. So, well, it's probably because they're ran, it's probably because they're ran by Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah, well, half the Japanese restaurants in 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 the U.S. were like Korea, run by Koreans because I think at the time what it was is that like which is strange because I think a lot of Americans would really enjoy Korean food. It's a lot more beef and a little spicy, and you know I think a lot of Americans would enjoy a lot of Korean food. But I think early on, like after World War II, the image of Asians in America and Asian food was either Chinese or Japanese. So even like Koreans would run Japanese restaurants because they just they could be like they could write teriyaki chicken and people and Americans would go like yeah teriyaki chicken that's I'm gonna have some I'm gonna have me some Japanese food you know like that's like Americans that's all they knew and I think like although like it'd be, like I don't know why you wouldn't do Korean barbecue or you know like a bulgogi or some really cool meat dish I don't know why but I guess at the time it'd just be like that would be weird right so it's like like certain certain parts of of a general of a broader culture like you have to like you have to start with one aspect of it right mm. so like japanese food like started kind of like with sushi so all anyone or teriyaki chicken like, even though that's not really japanese people i mean there's teriyaki is a flavoring it's a sweet soy sauce flavoring and it can be put on chicken it can be put on fish it can be put on a variety of things japanese don't go out to eat teriyaki chicken you know, there might be chicken with teriyaki sauce on it that you can get as a side order or part of your bento lunchbox. But there's not teriyaki chicken restaurants. Like, teriyaki mm. is just like... That's like saying, like... You know, that's like referring to a hot dog as ketchup hot dog. You know, teriyaki is just this flavoring. But in America, it's gotten so synonymous with teriyaki chicken. It's just kind of strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, my number four was actually going to be about okay. food. We'll stick with food for a little bit because I did want, and you mentioned it. I wanted to talk about one thing. The difference between Australia and Japan is in Australia you have great like Southeast Asian food, like laksa, mm. you know, Malay, uh, Malaysian food, Malaysian Singaporean food, Balinese food as well. Yeah. So I remember when I got to the first day, we got into um, uh, what's your what's your guys' deserted little capital, Canberra. The first yeah. day I got into Canberra. With the tumbleweeds and the horses walking by. Anyway, no, no, no. The first day I got in the Canberra, uh, we went to a, uh, like a, yeah, we went to like a Vietnamese or Southeast Asian style restaurant and, and had some laksa. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, how would you, how would you explain laksa to people who don't know it? Uh, kind of coconut curryish kind of soup. Yeah, it's noodle. like a coconut curry soup with no- uh, either egg, egg noodles or rice noodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamaboko, which is like you know fish cake. Yeah. Um, and then various little spices, various little leaves. Oage, oage, like like yeah. uh, the fried tofu. Fried tofu. Um, and then some vegetables. Vegetables, uh, maybe some uh, seafood, depending on the one you get. Seafood. Yeah, or you can get chicken. Yeah, you can choose. And then maybe uh, moyashi or something. Yeah, um, bean, like, bean sprouts. Yeah, bean sprouts. Yeah. Yeah, you're forgetting your English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only use that word in Japanese. <laughs> yeah, there are words like like I don't like. I've given up with like saying wicket or ticket gate. I'm just like you're gonna learn the word kaisatsu. I'm gonna say that. even when I go back to the states and I'm at the subway. I'm gonna be like I'm at the kaisatsu. And they're like, where's the kaisatsu? The gates. Oh, okay. 
But no, we're going to call it Kaisatsu because Wicked's stupid and Ticketgate also is just long and stupid. It's a Kaisatsu. <laughs> I'm going to spread that. That's going to be my thing if I ever go back to the States. I'm just going to be like, yep, yeah, I'm at the Kaisatsu. And you're going to have to figure out where I'm at. <laughs> where are you, man? It will become a word. Kaisatsu. Kaisatsu. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. No, cool. Yeah, all right. Well, what's your number three? Uh, let's let's mix around here. Is this is a, this is a weird? One. This is a double one. This is okay. Like, I miss Japanese beer. Okay, but I also miss having apple cider in Australia. Well, not having it in Japan. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, because over here there's a lot of apple. Like, I mean, even even the European European ones, but I mean. A lot of local apple ciders and stuff, which are mm-hmm. a really good light kind of drink. Yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, missing the Japanese beer. You miss the Japanese beer, but then like in Australia, you get the great cider. Mm. And the Japanese beers over here, uh, I think they're produced over here too, which, and probably like the states too, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're they're produced locally, but yeah, they taste different. So yeah. Hmm. That was easy. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, um, you know, the thing is, like, for me, like, if I think about the one thing, yeah, I think Australia, like, as far as the beer goes, I think, like, Australia has gotten a little bit better with the microbrews in a, over the last few years. When I was there, there was there was a few. It's not as big as in the States, but because I do remember, like, um, Michael Jackson, not the guy with the one glove, uh, the beer, the beer guy, Michael Jackson. Which is, you know, it's funny to have a name that's kind of not like Michael, the word, the name Michael, first name Michael, last name Jackson, not unusual name, right? Just kind of a standard kind of English, British origin name, Michael Jackson. Mm. And yet two of the dudes are like, Michael Jackson, one is the king of pop and the other Michael Jackson is like, well, they're both deceased, but he's the king of, king of beer and whiskey. I'm just like, these are both of my heroes. He, he. You know, IPA. Like I'm like, wow. Like in one name, I get to go hee hee, do the moonwalk, and drink beer. It's just like I can't believe it. Like Michael Jackson. Maybe I gotta name my son Michael Jackson. He's gonna be like the king of something. Although I can name my son Michael Jackson, and he could become the bad Michael Jackson who invites kids over to his house. And uh, like, <laughs> you're so, up to M18 right now. Yeah. Here. All right. All right. I didn't say anything bad. It's only it's only explicit. It's only profanity that counts. No. Anyway. Next one. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. So but but that Michael Jackson, the beer Michael Jackson, was early on saying like in his early some of his reviews, he t- kind of said like Australia wasn't the greatest place for beer. But I think it's changed over a few years. So that's what I wanted to say before I got off on a tangent about Michael Jackson and Jesus juice and kids and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you need to R eighteen pretty soon. Uh. Uh, all right. So, my number three is, yeah, and if you're talking about ratings, here we go. My number three is Japan has hotels for sex, love hotels. Australia has hotels for drink. And this is just a traditional history thing about Australia. What it is, for people who don't know, and you could probably explain better, but when I was in Sydney, a lot of the the bars or the pubs were called called hotels, something, something, hotel, or hotel, something, something. 
and they're not you can't stay there like they don't have rooms anymore they were these old i think from the 18th some some of them you can some of them you probably can but a lot of the pubs were like these old used to be former hotels 1800s from the 1800s or something and apparently what i was told was that at the time the way the drinking laws worked is that you couldn't really have pubs you couldn't you couldn't open a bar or a pub or it was very difficult to so you could have a hotel and you can serve alcohol at the hotel so hotels became synonymous with drinking and now so in sydney when you go out to drink you often go to a hotel but it's actually just a pub or a bar Mm. which i just thought was kind of cool like kind of cool history yeah is that the same in in adelaide too are are these hotels that are just basically bars so some of the hotels have rooms but yeah generally the it's just a mm-hmm. a watering hole yeah watering hole is maybe a good way to put it no i i know that they they used to be actual hotels and some but of them the still are hotels but... always have a front bar mm-hmm. and i think they have a, a usually the hotel usually has a front bar mm-hmm. a dining room and i think maybe uh like a side bar or a back bar oh uh, okay room. and so it was a kind of a d uh not a de-evolution like you just but want a quick of... drink or whatever you always go in the front bar kind of oh okay so it's kind of an evolution of that. And then a lot of them just stopped being hotels with rooms and they became what mm. they are today. Yeah. So what I heard was that that it was something to do with like the strictness of of alcohol laws or something that other places couldn't really serve alcohol. So that's why like the hotel became kind of the go to. And then, oh, there's probably, probably a reason behind it. Yeah. And then today it's just like part of the cultures. You can open up a bar in Australia. That's not a problem. It's just part of the kind of historical culture. That's cool. Yeah, I always thought, I thought that was really cool. I remember going out to a few places in Sydney, and it's like every time we went to a place to drink, it had a hotel on the label. I'm like, why do we keep going to hotels? <laughs> they didn't. It didn't really look like a hotel where anybody was checking in. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, it's just, it's a bar. You can see the upstairs what they probably use as offices now, but it looks like they used to be rooms. You can kind of tell, like, the they have the blind, not the blinds, but the window. What are those things uh, that cover windows? Anyway. Shades, sliders, blinds. Shades. Yeah. The ones that open up to the outside. Anyway. Shutters. Shutters. Thanks. Yeah, that was going to bug me. If I uh, Glad you got that. I was going to be itchy in my back of my brain. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, that was my number three. What's your number two? Uh, oh, not being able to buy. Um, in, and this is in Australia. Mm-hmm. Where, where you, when you go to get a drink at a service station or somewhere, it's... You got two options: it's water or soft drinks. So uh, it's yeah, everything with sugar or just water. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's no tea, that kind of. I mean, and if there's tea, it's sweet tea. It's like yeah. yeah. So that just just the the ability to walk in and you know have like five, six, seven different teas to, to mm-hmm. choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Cool. Miss that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd add to that, like, just that, the fact that Japanese... It's awesome, not being able to get rice bowls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'd add that Japanese convenience stores are freaking amazing. I mean, I've been to convenience stores around the world. Uh, other Asian countries have some pretty cool convenience stores, too. Some of it has to do with the fact that uh, Japanese companies, are, like, there's Family Mart in Taiwan, and there's, I think, there's 7-Eleven, and I think it's owned by the Japanese, Ito Yokado. It's, like, Seven Eye Holdings. So, it's, 7-Eleven in Japan and Asia is actually ran in, it's, like, headquartered in Japan. It's not, they bought it's the name. It's interesting to see yeah. how they, because, I think, when we came back here, mm-hmm. they hadn't done it, but when we came back last month. Yeah. All of the signs now are Seven Eleven, and then the Holdings. Yeah, because it's owned by Ito Yokado. It's a Seven Eye Holdings. It's Seven Eye Holdings. 
thinking those signs terrible yeah they are terrible but it's the diff- like now, now there's two logos and, and yeah well it's it's to differentiate the fact that it's no longer 7-eleven is originally an american company that was yeah. you know there's a 7-eleven company back in the states but 7-eleven in the u.s is still ran by that company or whoever owns that company now but 7-eleven in asia and japan particularly japan headquartered out of japan is ran by emerging company of 7-eleven with ito yokado because mm. there was a there was a 7-eleven japan and I think they got either merged or bought out by Ito Yokado. So that's why it's that 7i Holdings. It's like this horrible, like, I think they made a holding company and they put the two together. And yeah, I don't know why they keep putting that logo everywhere when they can just go with 7-Eleven and then they can be owned by it. But I guess they want they wanted you to know who owns them or something. It's weird. Yeah, I just, it looks really bad. Because <laughs> are they even, because is, is 7-Eleven in Japan even officially even called 7-Eleven anymore? I think it's referred to as 7, but... I wonder if it's still officially 7-Eleven. Mm. Like we, you know, we might just think it's and keep calling it 7-Eleven, but maybe like officially they don't even acknowledge that. Like that might not even be their corporate or their brand name anymore. Mm. I don't know. I, yeah, mm. I, I don't know. Everyone just says 7-Eleven or? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I went to the, I'm, I'm at the 7-Eleven website in Japan. It's still 7-Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's Seven and I Holdings. That's the holding company for like that runs Seven Eleven. But the Seven Eleven brand still exists. But you're right; it's like a double. They have both. Sometimes they sometimes they use the old Seven Eleven sign, but often they use the new Seven and I. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, most I've seen had that that new. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. You know what's cool about convenience stores is one I always love is in is in uh, Taiwan. Um, the first time I went to Taiwan, when I went back, I think they'd stopped doing this. But the family, they have Family Mart. Family Mart's a big convenience store chain in Japan, mm. originating from Japan. But they have Family Mart in Taiwan. And um, it's the same color scheme, you know, the green and white and blue and all that. And um, the first time I went to Taiwan, a good eight years ago, I think now, um, the sign said, they had Chinese characters on it. And it said, Zenka Baiten. So Zenka would be like family. Zen means everything, and then Ka is, means house or family. But it's kind of strange in Chinese and anything in Japanese who just to have the word Ka or you know you have to have it mm. with something. So Zenka. So maybe like all family or the family, kind of emphatically the family. And then Baiten is like shop or mart. So it's like and they, always use, they always use Baiten in hospitals as well. Yeah. Oh, they do. Interesting. Yeah, in hospitals. You wouldn't ask, like, I, I don't know, I guess, yeah, in hospitals you always go, oh, you know, where's the buy 10 kind of thing. Okay. You know, if, you're, if you're looking for the, the shop, it's always, you know, the buy 10. Oh, you're talking about, like, in a Japanese hospital, like the little... Yeah, if there's a convenience store in the hospital or something similar, it's always yeah. it's always called the buy 10. So. Yeah. So anyway, like, so the kanji is like, Zenka buy 10. I don't know how to say it in Chinese, but essentially it's like and that's family mart it's not it's not a description of like what you're talking about like a buy 10 like a little shop a little kiosk or shop in a hospital it's it was the chinese chinese vacation chinese a wow that sounds like i'm saying something else the chinese <laughs> the chinese vacation the chinese really the chinese vacation of family mart it was really cool zenka baiten that was the brand name like they changed it into like zenka baiten like as a translation of family mart i just thought that was cool I loved it. Mm. But when I went back the second time to Taiwan, a couple years later, I was walking around looking at the Family Mart convenience stores, and I think they just switched over to writing Family Mart in alphabet. Yeah, so, in English. But, um, yeah, I was like, Zenka Baiten, that's cool. F- 
Family Mart. <laughs> mm. That is a cool translation. Maybe it's just cool because if you're into kanji and you understand it, maybe for people who are just like, yeah, whatever. It's like translating something, but uh, <laughs> it's a little more than that. It's a little more interesting than that. Anyway. All right. So my number two, and unfortunately I need to have exact, I just remember, I've told you about this before. And, um, and I remember I, when I see them, when I see it, it makes me laugh and it shows, sticks out for me a lot is in Australia. And you can probably find this on the internet too. I should look around, but how, at least to me, how much the copywriting is bad. (laughs) Mm. I've talked about this before. It's just that I think it's, again, it's the thing with like the besties and the mate adding IE to everything and some of the slang in Australia. I just think like it's a sen- sensibility difference. So the marketing copy and like, like on billboards and so it's just, it's, yes, a lot of copy in America and Japan is cheesy and bad and pandering to, pandering to the market and pandering to the audience or whatever. And really, you know, manipulative and silly, but it's just like, I'm trying to think of a good example. I can't come up with an example of like some bad copywriting that I saw in Australia, but it just made me laugh. It just it reminded me kind of like of copywriting or advertising from the eighties in the US. Like it's just so like you know Oh, it's so like it's just so, Yeah. Because Nabisco, kids love it best. You know, in the Australian version would be like your kids will look, your kids will be besties with Nabisco. You know, it's like, oh my dear God, make it stop. Like it's just bad copy. Like it's There's just, a bit of that. Yeah, right? Like, we can't come up with examples, but you totally know what I'm talking about. It's just like, oh, yeah. this is like rugs, 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 $99, $99, $99. Rugs, rugs, <laughs> yeah, rugs, but $99. that's like, just like, that's just like, sim- like that's done in the States too. It's the, and that's not like, I mean like the, oh no, the, I mean every ad's like that. The catchphrase, <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm talking the catchphrase, like the grammar, the sentence that was designed is just bad too. Not just the guy going, rugs, 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 $99, but also just like the, like, I wish I can come up with an example. Oh, man. Mm, great. I get the best ads from Australia. I don't want the best ads. I need the bad, the worst ads. Well, the best ones are pretty bad. What was that? Uh, that was Australian. Uh, what was that Australian news site, news portal you you told me about on the internet? One of the like, just kind of what's a, what's a good Australian news site website off the top of your head? <coughs> Yeah. <laughs> News Australia? News.com? News.com.au. Okay, let me just go there. That's good. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking. Anyway. Oh, that's the Rupert New. Yeah. News yeah, Corp thing. True. Okay. Wasn't there another one? Anyway, that'll do, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Mm, I'm just trying to. I got to find an ad. It's just so. It's. I love it. It's just badly written copy. Yeah, I don't mean just like the delivery, like in Run, Run, Run. Like, yeah, that's like, yeah, we get that on American TV too. But it's just like the the catchphrase, you know, the catch copy is just so like cheesy. It's great. It's like, oh, I love it. But I can't, I'll come up with an example one day. I'll find something and, uh, and talk about it on another episode. All right. Well, we've gotten to your number one. I think I, I, think I skipped a few, but my number one at this point is going to be Love sushi. Yeah. Like a bit of mayonnaise, but all the sushi in Australia yeah. pretty much has mayonnaise on top. Yeah, it's probably to catch, it's probably to hide the flavor of the fact that the fish is like five days old. <laughs> it's five days old, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we don't mm-hmm. carry out for sushi much. 
but yeah. but we we make it at home, so that's right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, where you can when you go to the supermarket, you can actually smell the fish yourself and make sure it's. But okay. that but that said, love kiwi mayonnaise. Yeah, and what, and the other thing about that's funny is that Japanese are famous for putting mayonnaise on everything. So it's just funny that you go to Australia and they put the mayonnaise on. They they do the Japanese thing by putting mayonnaise on sushi, but Japanese don't really put mayonnaise on sushi. But I mean, there's a few kind of rolls nowadays that have a little mayonnaise in them, but generally yeah, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't do it on the nigiri. Yeah, like in Japan, you don't you know you don't throw mayonnaise on like a standard nigiri sushi you know maybe the rap roll type rap type you might but but um what's funny is yeah how much japanese put mayonnaise on all other things that like westerners are just like that's disgusting things like mayonnaise on pizza mayonnaise on just on rice as well on rice sometimes mayonnaise and you know just like um ah uh what is it uh i was it was was at the tip of my tongue but i forgot uh, but anyway, just man, like I don't know. Oh, you can go to the convenience store and buy like bread that's basically just bread with mayonnaise, and mayonnaise in the yeah. middle of it, and that's the flavoring. That's it. Like there's no meat, nothing. It's just crazy. Like and the mayonnaise is just like on all sorts of things. I keep saying that, and it can't come up. Mayonnaise on yakisoba, so they'll even do it with Japanese food. Yakisoba is fried noodles. Um, that actually tastes good, but but I'm not, these, these well these are not <laughs> all bad. You're not selling it very well. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, yeah, mayonnaise on yakisoba is good. Yeah, because that sauce, man, with the mayonnaise, because that's what they do a lot. Is that the teriyaki? It's not teriyaki sauce. It's it's yakisoba sauce, but it's a but you, you can get some bread rolls with mayonnaise baked into it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's got if it's got tuna or chicken in it with the mayonnaise, I'm okay with it. If it's just mayonnaise in the middle of the bread, I'm like, no. Mm. Like, I just can't. You know, you gotta have some kind of protein. You gotta have some meat product. <laughs> hey, well, see, the, it's your laughter. It's your crazy. laughter that is making the rating of this go up. I say <laughs> normal things, and you giggle. <laughs> Damn you! Sorry, I'll, I'll try not to. Damn you! <laughs> no, it's all good. So, okay, so my number one, and this is just kind of a joke, but here's my thing about Australia. I miss Steve Irwin. Uh, The old crocodile hunter. Yeah. For a long time, Steve Irwin was my template for anything I wanted to say in an Australian accent because I would just imagine I'm looking at a crocodile and I'm going, look, it's a crocodile, look at it. But I can't do it anymore. It's bad now. My Steve Irwin imitation skills have gone down because Steve Irwin has passed away. Yes, I know. Terrence, there's something called recorded video. You can just watch his stuff again and practice. But it's not the same without his soul in this world. I mean, the dude who was a crocodile hunter, and he died the second best way he could die. The best way he could die would have been, been eaten by a crocodile. Like, he got it, he got it just a little wrong. But he got stung by a stingray, stabbed through the heart by a stingray, and died. I mean, the dude is badass. The dude is true to who he was. I mean, I love it. It would have been BS if the crocodile hunter died by, like, like um, you know, autoerotic asphyxiation or whatever that is. You know, like, no. That's the way David Carradine died. That's cool for David Carradine, the Kung Fu Master dude. That was weird and cool and strange and creepy. Or the lead singer to In Excess. But Steve Irwin was meant to die by a dangerous animal that he overprovoked because he thinks it's beautiful. That's what's beautiful about Steve he, Irwin. He did, didn't he? <laughs> he did. But I'm saying it's still number two because he didn't get killed. But okay, it's one and a half. Like it's just, it's 
it's almost the best way for him to have gone. It would have been better if he'd gone via crocodile, but he went via stingray, which is, yeah, pretty badass. But he was a crocodile hunter. He wasn't a stingray hunter, so you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I see, I see. Anyway, I just miss Steve Irwin. That's all I'm trying to say. Despite my jokes, I do. I did respect him. I thought he was like, just like crazy, but in this kind of amazing, like very passionate, bold way. And cheesy in the best Australian sense of cheesiness. The same way I make fun of Australian copywriting. It's like the same way, like, Steve Irwin was kind of cheesy and over the top. And, yeah. It's kind of cool. Yep. You still there? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that was our top five. Mine was just ridiculous things about Australia. Yours was actually sensible things about the differences between Australia and Japan. And since we're already running at one hour and 11 minutes, this is probably long and rambling and... Wrap it up. Yeah, we'll just wrap it up. Um, is there anything you want to promote? If you got anything, if you want people to visit a website of yours or... Oh, my new coconut water? No, <laughs> Your new coconut water? Kidding. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that like... Uh, everyone loves coconut All water. All right, guys. Uh, David has a new coconut water called Delight or... Yeah, yeah Delish. <laughs> Delish, a coconut water by David James Burden. I gave you out your whole name. I hope that was okay. I hope no one yeah. is going to stalk you now that they know your full name, including your middle name. LinkedIn. Yeah, oh, no. All right, cool. Oh, no. I can't even do that. Oh, no. I can't do my, my falsetto. Oh, no, because I have a little <clears throat> throat cold. All right. Um, yeah. So that was Finding Japan. Let me think if there's any. Um, yeah. FindingJapan.com is where you can find the website. Um, don't really have anything much to promote right now. Maybe I'll promote my uh, my photo blog, Finding Tokyo. I haven't been working on it as much as I should be. But if you want to check out some photos, I got a little bit there. Come check that out. Um, I probably should play the outro music as we finish up. Yeah. Probably a good idea. Yeah. Good. All right. There we go. It's playing now. Anything last? Right. Any last words? Are you good to go? Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right, and thanks for being a co host. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you all next time. Bye bye. Bye.